fucking alright. I'm joking. I didn't even prepare, but fuck, I didn't even mentally prepare for this recording. But we got it. Um, what's up, guys? None of this really matters. Uh, episode twenty. We're almost at six months. How far are we? We're like six episodes away from six months. We're almost there. We've been doing this shit for a while now. So thank you for the uh, episode, or thank you for listening to the episodes already that have came out because we appreciate it. Me and Rob and Menda, even though you guys barely, eventually we need to get Menda a mic. But thank you for tuning in. If you're new, what we do here is review films that uh, we think are pretty uh, rewatchable. The the films that uh, hold up still, and how we do it is we get. One director, and then we choose two other movies, and then we take one episode to review one, and then the other episode to review the other. So that's how we do shit around here. And uh, thank you for tuning in. And uh, go subscribe to our Patreon for two ninety nine or three dollars. It's just three dollars a month. So if you guys can go support that, that'd be cool. To, also, our, to our current subscribers, thank you. Yes, thank you. And uh, Morrow is a VIP member. So he deserves a shout out. Shout out to Morrow. Morrow always goes hard with the support. Like for like once, like yeah. Shout out to Morrow because he gave us feedback like through DMs. I was like, that's that's so cool. He calls and checks on me, makes sure I'm still doing good. That's my boy for life. Yeah, shout out to Morrow. Thank you for becoming a VIP member for paying us monthly. And uh, yeah, so if you're new and you want to see us visually. Uh, um, and see like what we got going on, going on. Um, go do that for three dollars a month. So, also go follow us on Instagram at None of This Really Matters, and follow me on Letterbox at Nathan McGeorge, and follow Rob on Letterbox at Just Rob DMV. And also new to Letterbox, Menda just made one like last week. <laughs> What's and, your letter? Uh, Miss Amanda Shelton, right? Miss Amanda. Sh- keep it. M.S. Amanda Shelton. I still, it bothers me till this day. That your last name is out there? No. Oh. <laughs> the Miss part. Oh, Miss, oh, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But, anyways, Miss Amanda Shelton. When I die, guys, just remember that she's been saying this <laughs> the whole time. M.I.S.S. is a widower. So. Or a widow. That's a widow. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Patreon, uh, at none of this really matters. Or go follow us on Instagram. I know this really matters. So thank you yeah. for tuning in. And uh, this episode, we are going to talk about Denis Villeneuve's, I don't know which film it is chronologically, but his 2016 film Arrival, starring Amy Adams. And we'll get into it. We're going to do our little intro about what we watched, what else we watched throughout the week. But this, uh, just to start off talking about Arrival, fucking in top three sci-fi movies of all time for sure like top three there's I'm trying no- to think if uh event horizon would be considered sci-fi would that be top three yes for sure for me i'm sure it is it has like if it's any uh, uh, category genre yeah it would be sci-fi because i've figured it'd be more it's horror too though I it could like be both. Event, okay. Like there's you can you can I like sci-fi horror crossovers. Mm-hmm. 
like a uh, high life with Robert Pattinson. That's very good. What Have you seen that? High life. Is that a horror movie? Like sci-fi, yeah. I gotta see it. I never. It, I think it's free on Prime. It's uh, directed by Claire Denis. Same yeah, fucking name. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, Denis Villeneuve's uh, um, Arrival, which actually I just got a message from a Angelo uh, last night saying, which we, we're not going to, sorry to break it to you, Angelo, but he requested Enemy, this, the movie I wanted to do. Cause we're, but we're going to end up doing Blade Runner 2049, mm-hmm. right? So w- I will do like a short, I can do like a short review of Enemy just for, you know, just for Angelo because I want to talk about it. I wanted to choose that movie too, but I want to do Blade Runner 2049 more because there's so much more to go into with Rob. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, I did. I am considering Enemy as a, oh, I did consider Enemy as like a contender as one of the two movies or we could always go back to Denis and do a full episode of enemy. Yeah. But uh yes, um what else did you watch? Let's get on to our intro. What else did you watch throughout the week? Rob. Throughout the week. I did watch all of the Underworlds this week. Dope. I just went through all of them. Super dope. How many are there? 4? Mhm. Okay. I've only seen 2. Yeah, I've seen I love Underworld, the first two, the, my mother the first took me two. to see Underworld in uh, theaters because she's oh. always known that uh, Kirst- I was a huge, not Kirsten like, Dunst, uh, Hillary. S- no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's hotter than both of those women. What's her name? Uh, what's her name? Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. She's okay. hotter than both of those women. Okay. Put some respect on her name. I think she Hil- was hot and click. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smoking <laughs> hot and click. But uh, she was a regular housewife. I was like, damn, <laughs> you look good. You watched all of the Underworlds, and we—I also watched Suicide Squad. Yes, yes, the yes. new one. I didn't want to start off with that. That's why I said the first four. Uh, and that movie was very fun. That movie was way better than the first one. Way Not way better because the first one wasn't bad. You know, people would yes, say, it talk was. shit about it. Wasn't mm-hmm. terrible. It was better than all of the movies that came before it. Like compared to what? Man of Steel. No, Man of Steel is pretty good. Man of Steel, Batman, not not uh, the trilogy, of course. We're talking about like that universe. this new canon universe. All of those movies, the Justice League movie, that was garbage. Yeah, oh, for sure. So, yeah. so Suicide Squad, the first one, like shit on Justice League. Yeah, the the what's his name? Joss Sweden. The Joss Sweden Justice League was terrible. So I'm glad they gave Wonder us- Woman eighty four Suicide Squad was better than that. It was yeah, better yeah, than yeah. the first Wonder Woman to me. Wonder Woman was, was still good, but Suicide Squad, to get an uh, ensemble cast to work together like that is mm-hmm. difficult. That's what I was thinking. Like They had Will Smith. I just think, to me, what ruined it was Jared Leto's Joker. Like It was way too like mm-hmm. like typical and like predictable. Mm-hmm. It was just like, of course, like he went that route. Especially it, it being 2016. When like you can see it's heavily influenced by like SoundCloud rappers mm-hmm. by him having face tattoos and with shit, the Ferrari and shit like, and that. it's like like of course he went that route yeah. with like the damaged tattoo on his forehead, like of like it was just it was like a little peep, basically, yeah, and I was just like of course he went that route yeah, with you Joker. Can see, uh, but they definitely made him unlikable. I'm starting to realize that a lot of these directors are smarter because I was watching the. Uh, that, that YouTube channel I was telling you about last time we were talking that breaks down all of the comic book movies and yeah, yeah, shows. Yeah. 
It's called Emergency Awesome. That's what it's Emergency called. Emergency Awesome? Okay. Yes. He has like 11 million subscribers. But he was breaking down uh, Suicide Squad, The Suicide Squad, the new, which is the second one. Which is funny in itself. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. That yeah. one was just Suicide Squad. This is The Suicide Squad, <laughs> like Fast and Furious. Yeah. <laughs> the Fast and The Furious. But I, I like, they were breaking down how he was so purposeful in every feeling that you felt. You were like, these characters fucking suck. <laughs> and he knew it. And they were like, he did that on purpose because Jerry, or uh, Jan, uh, James Gunn. James Gunn. I want to say Jared Gunn. James Gunn is. Then you can see his influence from when he did uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, absolutely. And that's what they, even uh, with Sean Gunn, his brother being in there as mm-hmm. the calendar man with the tattoo dude who was like, Hey, polka dot man, you want to <laughs> come and do my kid? It's just mm-hmm. like, yes, interject some funny in there. And mm-hmm. this movie was actually funny, funny. Like I was howling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some part, there was it was so much fun. Yeah, like that's the best way I could describe it. I it was was fun. I was completely surprised of how like much better than I thought. I was like, this is gonna be terrible. Mm-hmm. Like this is just lining up to be a terrible movie. But I was like, wow. Even the trailers. He's he's probably really good at making great trailers because mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy. You thought you, you knew who uh, Peter Quill's dad was going to be, mm-hmm. but you you didn't had no idea it was fucking ego. Yeah, I was like, yeah, watching Guardians of the. I remember watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two for the first time, and I was like, this might be my favorite. It definitely like, is. And I was just like, holy shit! They're coming out with a third one next year. I want to say next year. But uh, I, I, I wonder, I'm always excited for new Guardians of the Galaxy, like anything, because I know it's going to be like fun to watch. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to be too serious. Like the soundtrack is going to be cool. And there's going to be, and especially, uh, what's his name? Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. He's going to be hilarious. Yep. So. But now you're Thor in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like the whole, they're, and Taika Waititi doing Thor Ragnarok and he's about to do Thor uh, Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so. so going to be some like. It's going so in such a good direction as far as those movies, like those uh, franchises alone. But uh, yeah, the Suicide Squad we watched. I didn't put it in my letterbox. I did. But I would give it, if I were to rate it right now, uh, three and a half. I think I gave it a four. And I think my very first line was, I was not expecting to laugh. Definitely the, I would, now that I think about it, the best DC movie. Of that universe, like of that, like oh, you yes, said. Oh, yes, absolutely. Of the, that universe. The best one. Elba. Next to uh, Birds of Prey. I think that, yes, yes. Birds of Prey is up there, too. You know, people actually too. think that that fell flatter than, Wonder... than uh, Suicide Squad. Really? Yeah. No, Bird, I, to I me, like to, to me, Birds of Prey is up it made there. Her, it really made her solo character. It's just because like, I love Margot Robbie as an actress. She's... Awesome. Like she's you done some she amazing did, roles. She did that. Uh, not to, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. They said that that scene. Uh, I was just so shocked. They was like, she did that scene with the key. That was her. There was no stunt woman. She did that. Picked up the key, choked the dude out with her legs. So I'm like, that's she's cool. Like Carly Quinn, she, strong. Yeah, she's really strong. That, that's super. Like, and it's just crazy. Like Margot Robbie is doing like superhero movie like that's crazy to me or not superhero but like comic movie comic book movies but uh 
it's just like Margot Robbie. Like, do we do like are we all aware of how good of a fucking actress she is? And she's doing like this, you know, and 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 good. Like she's not like fucking like half assing this mm-hmm. role. Did you know? Did, I'm starting to wonder. I was watching a uh, Doctor Strange. I was watching the uh, Thor Ragnarok, of course, mm-hmm. and I was watching Benedict Cumberbatch, and I'm like, "You're an amazing actor, <laughs> yeah." But you're playing Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. and I was to me, there's a part of me that thinks those are the types of people who are true like artists. You're mm-hmm. like, I'm making this come to life for people. Like they yeah. look at it that way. It's not a cash grab. Mm-hmm. It's like Benedict Cumberbatch when he's in the street and kids are like. Holy shit, Doctor Strange! I think he enjoys that, and that's one of his best roles. Like yes. as like as a performance, like he killed Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. like killed it. And so I, yeah, these good actors playing like comic book movies, like a lot of them are like, you know, cash grabs and be like, oh, I'm yeah, gonna be in a Marvel. I'm, 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 I'm gonna be a, in a Marvel movie, but mm-hmm. like the people who like actually do good, mm-hmm. it's like, I I still haven't finished. Um, uh, Black Widow, yeah. I started it and I was like, nah, I'm good. And then walked out of the room. It's really just like, it's not a bad movie. They it's, just, it's too fucking late. They should have came out with this like five years ago, it to be honest. It should have came out five years ago or directly after Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like they did in between whatever and Infinity War, they put out Captain Marvel. Yeah. So yeah, like it went back in time, but then we're starting off. They should have put it out around the same time as a uh, Far From Spider Man Far From yes. Home. Like it was like the aftermath because that's the end credit scene. It's like, man, I'm like kind of over that now. Damn, like yeah, we moved on now. We just seen the timeline split. God damn it, you know this. But I mean, Loki is an amazing show. Cinematography, acting, writing. They shot both Loki. There are, like, Loki is, like, visually the best one. Yes. But, uh, like, my favorite one out of the three was uh, WandaVision. I rewatched that the other day, and I was like, after watching Emergency Awesome, he broke down how important she is to the MCU. Like, which they call it, like, remember all the commercials from the TV shows? Like, it would be like, oh, you know... Clean up your mess from Lagos, napkins, and then mm. it was like the Nexus pill for yeah. the Nexus individuals. Well, apparently, did I say this last episode? Mm-mm. There was apparently those were supposed to be messages from Doctor Strange trying to get through to her. So from Doctor Strange? From Doctor Strange. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. supposed to show up. That end credit scene where she's doing the reading through the book. Yeah, I knew he, that was a reference to Doctor Strange. He was supposed to, the end credit scene was supposed to be him showing up like, Basically, having the conversation of teaching her how to control her power. Okay, I thought that was a message. I thought that was just a message to the audience. I didn't know that was like from Doctor Strange. You know, like yeah, an actual character. I thought that's what that's what everybody thought. And they were like, no, that's they were they kept those in there, but they took out all the Doctor Strange stuff. Mm. But those were supposed to be him trying to like interject and be like, hey, wake up! What the hell yeah. is going on? Like you're a Nexus individual. The Lagos thing. So like the napkins. It was supposed to be like clean up your mess, mm-hmm. and how remember it was supposed to be, it was supposed to represent blood. So it was like her subconscious telling her like clean up your mess from Lagos, Nigeria, mm-hmm. or the the Fuck. the toaster with the start the Stark. Yeah, yeah, in it. I noticed that. That was that was like a an homage to the Avengers or how she feels bad about what happened in Endgame. Like there still is so many like that emergency also really breaks it down yeah. really well. That's cool. Yeah, so they were like 
they even knowing that they toned it down even a tad bit for like the Easter egg thing is mm-hmm. crazy to me because mm-hmm. it's still filled with like oh this is going into the MCU yeah because I like how they still take cuts from the movies and put them in the show that's cool that's super like like it reminds me of like how Space Jam did it you know how mm-hmm. they took like everything Warner yes. Brothers and they I was like finally because it's not like all the shows that have come prior where you can't like talk about what's going mm-hmm. on in the other movies because of whatever fucking yeah. bullshit contracts like you can't like you whatever period. guidelines yeah, like just be like oh you're crushing creativity with your nonsensical law mm-hmm. bullshit which i i also this doesn't this isn't a movie but i just want to mention this in the podcast just because i was reading uh i'm almost done with seth rogan's book it is uh i had no idea he had a book yeah, he just came out with it this year or last year. Very recently, he came out with it. It's called a uh, yearbook, and uh, <laughs> talking about you know because it made me think of Ready Player One, and so which is a great movie by Steven Spielberg. But um, how um, Seth Rogen and his his uh, best friend Evan Goldberg, Evan Gold Goldberg, I'm pretty sure it's Goldberg. Um. He was talking about uh, meeting uh, in 2012, meeting uh, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas at his in his office, mm-hmm. and uh, seeing how um, he wanted to remake uh, the last oh, fuck the last something I forgot. Hold on, sorry for uh, this, but I, I'm I'm gonna look up the name. This might be some dead air. On the fucking uh, on the fucking podcast, but I'm gonna look this up. I hope Rob marks this. Can you mark down this time? He's. I'm just gonna ask him to cut it out because I'm gonna look up this. Yeah, I told Minda, like, we're going to cut this part out because I'm looking something up. I thought that was them. It's a TV. No. It's just as long as it's not them. I don't need them to keep walking in and out. Were you looking up? I was just looking up uh, an original movie. They're okay. So, yeah, cut that out. So, Seth Rogen was... Uh, Abel was trying to him and Evan Goldberg or Goldstein, that's his name. I want to say Evan Goldstein. <laughs> but, <laughs> I know we're, what we're both thinking is we don't want to. It's gold. Racist. It's gold. It's Goldberg. You're right. You're okay, right. I just right, looked I'll, it up. I just okay, looked it up. Okay. 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 <laughs> I did not want to just when throw out. To just, we didn't want to be putting out birds. I didn't want to throw out shit. a fucking Jewish name out of nowhere. <laughs> But but yeah, Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen wanted to remake this movie from the '80s called The Last Something, and it's about uh, this kid who loves playing video games, and his video game playing skills are used to save the world, which sounds a lot like Ready Player One. And so there was one day in 2012 
this was all in his book and he was ready to um, meet Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, him and Evan. And they were like, we got way too high before the meeting. And so they went in and they were talking about the world ending in 2012. That was like the beginning of their conversation. And then while they were like, uh, while George Lucas was talking about the world ending, he's like, this guy made Star Wars and he's talking about the world ending. So he probably has a spaceship and he's going to survive this shit. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, Steven Spielberg asked Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, um, hey, um, we're going to make a movie about a kid who plays video games and his video game skills end up saving the world. And they're like, like that movie, The Last Something? And he's, and Steven Spielberg was like, you know about that movie? And he was like, and they were like, yeah, we've been trying to uh, buy the rights to it since we started writing. And then uh, he was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to try to read, like do our own thing. And then so Seth Rogen and Evan, uh, they were both like, they both like took fifteen minutes, like, took five minutes, and they were like, to talk about it by themselves. And Evan was just like, "Hey, if Steven Spielberg is gonna rip this shit off, like we can, then he, we don't need his help. We'll just do this shit ourselves, since they've been trying to buy the rights. So like, we can just rip it off then, if he's gonna do it." And so they said no, and so they, uh, Seth Rogen, uh, Seth and Evan made a, a series about it, and then one year later. Steven Spielberg drops Ready Player One. And that fuck obviously is Ready Player One now. So right. so he was talking about he missed the chance to write Ready Player One for Steven Spielberg. And but he was just like we were way too high talking about the end of the world <laughs> with George Lucas. But yeah. So that means that they be playing these movies like years in advance. Mm-hmm. Ready Player One's been talked about since so you said two thousand thirteen. Two thousand twelve, yeah. Two thousand twelve. And it came out 2018. Yeah. It would take about that long to make a movie like that, too. Yeah, because that was a great fucking movie. It would I, take about that long. I think that's one of Spielberg's best is Ready Player One. Like, oh I fucking I fucking yes. love that movie. That dude. movie is up there with Jurassic Park. But, um, yeah, I was, I've been reading Seth Rogen's book. I fucking love it. And uh, there's so much in that book that's just, like, so interesting. Like, him talking about, you know... Everybody he knows, he talks about super bad and he talks about all these things and how like he embarrassed a lot of people while writing super bad of like putting, he's like, I forgot to change people's real names. So like everybody in the movie is like reaching out to him like, Hey, what the fuck? Like (laughs) you mentioned me in super bad kind of thing. And I was like, that's hilarious. But, and just hearing the words like Seth, Evan and Fogel, I'm like, it's automatically connecting to fucking right. super bad. I'm like, he really just used everybody's, everybody's names. names. <laughs> I didn't, when I saw that, who wrote the movie, I was like, this makes this movie 10 times funnier. <laughs> just imagine, like, I imagine this is you guys. Yeah. Teenagers. Like this awkward skinny <laughs> kid and the chubby little Jewish kid. And, and then like all the fake IDs, Jewish, but the little skinny, awkward Jewish kid and the little chubby Jewish kid. And that shit's just hilarious to me. Hilarious. But yeah, so I've that's what I've been doing this week too, reading Seth Rogen's book. I love it. I also been watching as far as movies, I've been watching a lot of very obscure psychological horror movies. Like that's why you watched Shutter Island? I wa I didn't wa I watched I started Shutter Island and I was like, No, I'm a, I need to watch like it's like every time I start a certain movie, this happens like sometimes where like I'll start a movie, but I just keep on thinking about a different movie. 
and it just fucks me up while I'm watching this one. So I'm just like, no, nah, fucking turn it off. I'm, I, it's like an ADHD thing for me. Yeah. So it's like, no, I need to watch the, the different one, the one I'm thinking about. So I watched uh, this movie called The Servant. And it's about this guy, this um, this rich guy in London. It's a British movie. So obviously, automatically you don't like it. You already know. So... Um, it's about this guy who hires a uh, a butler, basically, uh, to like come clean up around his house and everything. And then slowly, the power dynamic starts to shift, and so the butler ends up like fucking be like, "You fucking do this, and you need to do this. I fucking slave around here, like kind of thing." Mm-hmm. Like it's just a very weird. It's almost as if the lighthouse was uh, not on an island and it was inside of a house, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the house basically, not right. the. <laughs> but um, it's a very good movie, The Servant. It came out in 1963. Very fucking good movie. I and the sh- the the cinematography of that movie is all. It essentially takes place all in one like apartment, but it. Uh, thank you, Menda. That was super clutch. Right. Fucking uh, fucking research. That's all I've been wanting from you this entire time for the past twenty episodes. Yeah, instantly, you know. And uh, I also watched. Um, Ugetsu, which is also a Japanese horror movie. Ugetsu. Ugetsu. All right. (laughs) Which is about this guy who makes pottery during the war in the 16th century in Japan, which there's still... uh, Which I want to mention something funny. It's not serious. But um, the 16th century war in Japan, um, and uh, this guy who makes pottery and he's trying to survive in the world, which honestly speaks to today about capitalism and everything, but I don't want to talk about that. But uh, he's trying to sell uh, pottery to uh, the the princess, basically. And then he finds out that... I, I guess, spoiler for a fucking 60-year-old movie, but I'm just going to say it. Spoiler it. alert. Uh, <laughs> it's on HBO Max, I think. I think. I don't know. Criterion? Yeah, definitely. But I, uh, whatever. Um Ugetsu, it's, uh, yeah, he ends up uh, serving to this uh, princess and her, like, assistant, basically. But then there's, like, a twist at the end where the princess is dead and he ends up serving this ghost, like, this enigma. And he ends up being haunted by her and, like, turning on his family and turning on his friends and shit. It's pr- it's a pretty fucking good movie. Like, it's an experience movie for sure. Like Japanese you, spiritual movies always slap. They fucking, and that's what I've been watching. The next one I watched was called Onibaba which is about uh, this mother and her daughter-in-law where her son and the, the daughter-in-law's uh, husband passes away in the war. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the guys who knew the son came back to them in the middle of this like straw field. And then, uh, yeah, that's Onibaba right there. What does that mean? Like uh, Demon woman. Demon, I was about to say demon something. I was going to say demon dad, but I didn't know if Baba <laughs> grandma or... But... Yeah, and um, ends up being haunted. Uh, the mother ends up being haunted by trying to scare the uh, daughter-in-law off from having sex with the guy. Mm-hmm. But and from scaring her somewhere and like being like, no, don't go around him, whatever. She ends up being uh, cursed, basically. by Because how they make a living is uh, samurais who flee off from the battlefield. They end up killing them, like trapping them. And then they, uh, they have like this huge hole. In, uh, in the ground, like in the middle of a field. And so while they're running, they have the samurai like f- basically trick them into falling into the hole and dying. And then they like kind of rappel down the fucking hole 
and they take their armor and sell it. And so by the end of the movie, like that hole ends up becoming like this kind of like enigmatic thing, mm -hmm. you know, and that ends up being uh, spiritual and cursed. And she ends up going down there and ripping the mask off of a samurai who like lived while he fell. And he's just all like fucked up and he tries to like rip it off, but he's like, it won't come off because I'm cursed. You know, this isn't the real me kind of thing. It's a fucking great movie. Like, uh, Japanese horror is definitely what I've been on lately because, mm -hmm. like, I've just been Japanese horror movies. That's The Ring came from them. The Grudge. Mm -hmm. Those like, are all Japanese movies. It, I think in and aud aud audition, Japanese. audition from like 1999, I think, or 98. Like all of the, like the early 2000s, late 90s mm -hmm. horror mm -hmm. is directly inspired directly from Japan. Ja that's what they were so like unsettlingly, like, unsettling, creepy. Not like jump scare creepy. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, like, now, like, modern horror is, like, derivative of all of that. Mm -hmm. And it's super cool. So, like, seeing, um, like, 60s, like, samurai horror is, like, such a specific, like, niche, you know? But mm -hmm. I love it. It's so cool. Like, I had no idea, like, there was an entire, like, how many movies are made, like, and good movies, I should say, like, are made about, like, uh, samurais that are ghosts. And, um, like, seeing how – I also watched uh, The Elephant Man with Anthony Hopkins, directed by David Lynch. Mm -hmm. And it's his second movie, which people love. He has, like, a cult following for – in general, his the David Lynch fans are, like – it's, like, a cult following, which is hit or miss for, you know, cultish things. Mm -hmm. But with David Lynch, it is not the move. For me, at least for Eraserhead – like, I do not like that movie because it's just not good. But David Lynch, his movies are known to not make sense. And uh, Eraserhead just didn't click for me. And I'm into, you know, like, I'm into mm -hmm. weird shit. I'm very open-minded to everything. But Eraserhead, people love it, and I just don't get it. Uh, like, I get it, but I don't like it. It's just not, it doesn't hit for me. So, but then I, but I watched The Elephant Man, his second movie, which is, like, really fucking good it's a black and it's i love the look of it because it's black and white but shot on anamorphic lens so it's very like not off-putting it's just you'd never see it it's mm -hmm. just it's not used often so i'm like wow that's fucking great which so is uh onibaba like that's on uh i want to say technoscope which is like a very it's a japanese mm -hmm. uh, company production company and they uh, provide like this certain type of uh, lenses, like certain type of lens, like Japanese lenses. Yeah. And um, that's shot on anamorphic as well. And you can just tell, like, especially with uh, the Elephant Man, you see like, like anamorphic just makes people's faces like in three D almost. Like it's very, I don't know, it's just very in your face. Like anamorphic is so like any movie shot in that is like very immersive in a way, like in one way or another. So. With uh, the Elephant Man, very uh, almost very heartwarming. It's a very like wholesome uh, horror movie for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like at the end, you're like, "Wow, I shouldn't judge people for like like basically don't read a book by its cover kind of thing." That's the premise of the movie essentially. Is like I shouldn't just like judge people and be like, "No, that person's a fucking piece of shit," and I don't even know him. Mm -hmm. And that's what the movies. That's what the movie's about. And it's fucking great. I love The Elephant Man. It was my first time watching it, and uh, I loved it. And People I'm... reference that movie in, like, all types of movies, TV shows. Mm -hmm. 
I'm like, they looked at me like I was the fucking elephant man. <laughs> and it's like, that is always like, I think they even said like always sunny one time. Yeah. It's yeah. very, it's a uh, very well, I mean, David Lynch films in general. What year did that movie come out? 1980 or, or 81, 80. Okay. Because yeah, that's great. Fight. Anthony Hopkins give a, gives a crazy performance. Like he's so good in that movie, but loved it. And uh, I, for the next few weeks, I'm going to be on a David Lynch binge, like rewatching all the movies that I've already seen and watching the movies I haven't seen yet, like Wild at Heart with Nicolas Cage. Definitely going to watch that. Twin Peaks, I'm going to try to watch that ser- that show, which I haven't seen before because I'm not like a TV show person, but I'm going to see where I can watch that and try to buy it. But yeah, that's what I watched, Elephant Man. That was a lot. You watch a lot of movies. Fuck yeah! This for the past like three weeks, Menda knows I've been watching so many. That was a lot. I like, was like Jesus, like a ridiculous amount of movies. But let's get to let's arrive. Oh yeah, to our topic. <laughs> Sorry guys, had to do it. Terrible. I'm a dad. <laughs> so yeah, um, Arrival. You'll be all right. 2016. Denis Villeneuve. Uh, Arrival. Uh, what was, Rob, what was it like the first time you watched it? What was it like rewatching it? I really, the first, when, every time I rewatch something, the first time I watch it disappears. Because I can't, I, a lot of these movies that we've been watching, I really believe I watched them all in Afghanistan. I truly believe that. Mm-hmm. So, first time probably wasn't a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say, my brain, my mind wasn't in the space to like remember that I really liked this movie. Yeah, but I remember that I really liked the movie. That's all I remember about it. I remember that it came at a time. Remember that's when I started my whole like into the esoteric nature of things and like 2015, 2016. No, like 2014. Yeah, it's like 2014, 2015. That's because I. That's when you started. That whole journey. Like, yeah. like, yeah. Because I was in Afghanistan, and there's a lot of downtime. If you're not like, <laughs> doing stuff, yeah. So I was just like, of course, I'm just gonna start. Like I read that Secret History of the World book, and I just started like reading. And I remember watching that that, that book you just had out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been passing that book out to people like it's a fucking Mormon Bible <laughs> or something. Are you ready I, to hear I, about I, the word I, of our? <laughs> have you? <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I I was watching that movie, and I remember being. Very like uh, it left an impression on me for sure. Very because of mm. the. I just got goosebumps. I remember that book, Secret History of the World, talks about the Tower of Babel and the metaphorical. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I want you to talk about the Tower of Babel. Obviously, we've been saving it. Yes. We've our seat like our conversations off the podcast like Absolutely. for the past week have been Tower of Babel, but barely touching on it. But. I also am connecting, which is very obvious, uh, which can almost connect to any movie about enlightenment. Uh, Plato's Allegory of the Cave can go to a lot of movies that we are interested in. But, um, yeah, Tower of Babel is, like, for sure uh, connected with Arrival, and so is uh, Plato's Allegory of the Cave. Absolutely. They They all play a... Just, just, just the the picture of them in between the screen and how that speaks to like the allegory of the cave and how he was projecting a light onto the cave wall mm-hmm. and like how that was like. You guys are damn. That's a bar. 
But we're going. I'm gonna just read the tower. This is from Wikipedia for those listening. Uh, this is not me sounding like this at all. Uh, the Tower of Babel narrative is an origin myth narrated in Genesis 11, 1 through 9. According to the story, a united human race in the generations following the Great Flood, speaking a single language and migrating eastward, comes to the land of Shinar. There they agree to build a city and a tower tall enough to reach heaven. God, observing their city and tower, confounds their speech so that they can no longer understand each other and scatters them around the world. So like that that last God observing their city and tower confounds their speech so that they no longer can understand each other and scatters them around the world. Mm-hmm. And and literally how me and Meadow were talking on the way here to record how language is so fucking important in the world and how so important. And how um we referenced Bert going to the doctor in Siberia. He was like, I oh, know I'm going to wait till I get back to the States because I can't fucking go to the doctor, you know? Mm-hmm. So that alone is like, just speaks to how language is important mm-hmm. and how, um, how they, this was a united human race and they were able, because of the sheer amount of them that were able to speak to each other, the mm-hmm. feats that they were able to achieve together mm-hmm. made them, from this story's narrative, made them be able to think that they could reach God. Mm-hmm. And God, and that that goes to show you how God, quote unquote, in this story, recognized how important language was to that work. Mm-hmm. He knew it was like, oh, if they can't talk to each other, then mm-hmm. that pretty much just leaves you with like grunts and facial expressions. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. it's, and it's very like, um, I don't even like frustrating while mm. watching uh, Arrival mm-hmm. when when you see how these people react like oh weapon oh no fuck this we gotta fucking destroy mm-hmm. him like that's our go to and then I love the part where she's like yeah but in our language she's like in some languages those are two different things but in our language they sometimes yeah mean like the weapon same thing. weapon and tool can mean uh, the same the same thing they could be a synonymous hammer in somebody's hand is a tool and a hammer in somebody else's hand is a weapon mm-hmm. and period s- and how the lang- when you find out when they when they find out that the language is what they're t- the language is their weapon yes that's their tool mm-hmm. and how when the part where she where they talk about like are you when Jeremy Renner's character mm-hmm. um, is like hey are you do you find yourself dreaming in their language and then she's like yeah and then you see the shot of when she looks to her right when she's sitting down on her bed and you see the alien right there which is mm-hmm. very reminiscent which and uh fucking angela knows what i'm talking about the shot in enemy at the end of enemy with the huge ass spider in the room when he wa- when jake gyllenhaal walks in it's like literally parallel with mm-hmm. with the shot when amy adams sees the big ass alien like yeah, in the in the, the side of the room or whoever castello which one or whatever mm-hmm. the heptapod yeah the heptapod thank you for mm-hmm. that yes that was their names i just called them the thumbs with legs they look like big thumbs <laughs> <laughs> they look like thumb thumbs. The, from a great Spy design. <laughs> yeah, a great design really, for alien. For an alien, it was very like. First of all, it was like and their ship Them too. legs are strong as shit. The the like, why are that holding you? The fucking me and Amanda were talking about those ships. We were like, because I was telling her about. Uh, I went down a little conspiracy hole, but if you research it, it actually is a real thing. There's an element called element one thirteen or one fifteen, whatever. Huh? 115 is like zombies. What do you mean zombies? Like zombie. Like the like haven't you ever played Call of Duty? No. 
I mean, yeah. The campaign have... for Black Ops? Yeah. The element 115 is what the German scientists use to make zombies? To make... You know, that's a real that's a real thing. What you're saying right now is a real thing. We took that from German science from World War II. But is that what we're talking about right now? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I'm staring. I'm like, that's crazy that they put that in Call of Duty. Yeah. Because Area 51 actually does research on some also, a main, uh, main yeah. element that we have created called yeah. Element 115. That's why we have NASA. Like yeah. NASA. NASA. NASA is it's based on the German. Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, and I love. Not the conspiracy part, but <laughs> not Nazis. That's why I love Nazis. Nazis. <laughs> don't don't clip that. Don't Someone, someone's, <laughs> someone's gonna take that and just put it. They'd be like, dude. <laughs> or I become famous no, twenty Nathan years from now. George does not love Nazis. We despise them. Yeah, go go. If you know a Nazi, go punch them in the face. Yes, but uh, Element. I was telling her about Element One Fifteen and how. That that stuff with the navy that's come out and how there's that tic tac spaceship that they've been chasing mm-hmm. and then how it can go from thirty thousand feet to like a thousand feet in less than a second. Like the uh, that one ship from Star Wars, the old the the Millennium Falcon, the other one, the big one, the the one that uh, Palpatine has. Oh, the you know destroyer. how just fucking. That one, yeah, whatever it is, this is all like a destroyer class or something, yeah, like that. where that but, shit could go from fucking light speed to yeah. fucking still. And well, like, you know, all of that stuff is that's why I love science fiction because they're like most science fiction is based off of some real shit, some real shit. Like, I was watching uh, Angels and Demons and how he was using the anti part, the antimatter as a bomb, and I'm like, but antimatter is actually a real thing. Mm-hmm. I looked it up and they were like, we've only ever made like less than a microscopic amount but if we ever made one gram of it it would be worth 62.5 can people invest in it or some shit Absolutely. we were just looking at uh, looking it up like a few months ago where do you ago. think all this space race shit is we don't want to fucking do this stuff continue to do this we know energy all those movies about like energy crises and people trying to these fucking people know that yeah and like ne- and nebulas bits. and shit so like we that. need to be able to send this shit to the moon we're like hey man if this shit blow up it's <laughs> we got some cr- shit up right, here it's gonna be a crater on the moon and not geni- not like literally because the the hydron with the collider what is it called the particle collider that's i don't know the scientific name of it but that's what it is yeah, that's what it does yeah it spans like four countries that thing is like that's miles crazy. long it's like 10 miles long cuz they have to be able to speed it up to like close to the speed of light so you need a lot of space oh, yeah, and, yeah. yeah and a lot of power and a lot of it's it's spans it's a multi country project mm-hmm. that thing so mm-hmm. that's why you need to have multiple languages and that's why i love the movie arrival mm-hmm. because it started showing how stuff like that can be accomplished. I, I want to mention how I'm glad we're doing Blade Runner 2049 next because I connect Arrival with Blade, the original Blade Runner, and mm-hmm. and how and after watching Arrival is like, oh, I get why he made 2049, mm-hmm. why he wanted to do that because in a way, Blade Runner and Arrival are connected when it comes to this existential like living your everyday life and Mm -hmm. that's what blade runner is to me is about is that like there's people who die and that are going to die in four years or less than four years and the monologue at the end of blade runner when he was like i've seen this and i've seen this like you people don't know what living is Mm -hmm. and 
And that's why at the end of the original Blade, that's why I got literally the fucking tattoo of the paper unicorn is because just to like live because Edward James almost in Blade Runner is just like, it's too bad she couldn't live. But then again, who does? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so just to, and with Arrival uh, at the end when she's like, asked Jeremy Renner's character. I don't know his character's name, but she asked, uh, it's just Jeremy Renner. I already had, I already Hawkeye. Had when he asked Hawkeye. <laughs> I already had my answer for like, I was like, he could have definitely fucking went in the movie. He that that can like, definitely be like a spinoff. Like, Ian. He could have been anybody in my He could have been Hawkeye. He could have <laughs> been, yeah, you could have been fucking any actor that exists. I'm like, yeah, man, throw somebody That's in That's what there. I was going to say for recasting. Yeah. Anybody but anybody Jeremy Renner. But like, Jen- they could have had Tom... Tom, Tom Cruise would have showed up. <laughs> Tom Cruise would have killed it. He would have showed her up. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, because Amy Adams, Amy Adams definitely killed it. Mm-hmm. But um, and she's also and Forrest Whitaker, great actress. Amy Adams and Joaquin Phoenix look alike. He looked. He did. Good yeah, too. whoever that's that Who's that, that Who, government the, guy, the CIA operative guy, but agent um, whoever. Whenever when when Amy Adams, uh, Luis. Okay. Uh, uh, ask Jeremy Renner's character when she asked Hawkeye um, if you knew your life story from beginning to end would you change anything he was just like no I would just appreciate things a lot more and I was like 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 once I heard that I was like now I get why he wanted to make a sequel to Blade Mm. Runner 2049 or Blade Runner Mm -hmm. and make Blade Runner 2049 is because it's a very existential movie Mm -hmm. Arrival and I just love how like on the rewatch you see that in the beginning with the daughter, that didn't even happen yet. That's she like so in the beginning when everything when she's sad and great, she's just a blank canvas. Like she's just alone. And so when you when and then at the end of the movie when she sees all the flashbacks with the daughter, Jeremy Renner's there. And so the whole time she kind of knew what her whole life was and that's what their language is mm-hmm. and i remember my first time watching it i was just like that language is insane it did the first time I like, saw bef- it, I was like, like before like before talking in circles before <laughs> be- before you uh find out what the language does to time mm-hmm. and like while you're watching and you're like that's genius like coming up with the language my stomach hurt like, I'm about to like, my like esoteric the, brain is like the concept of that language is insane like you just see a circle and it's an entire paragraph and it just clicks like that you know what i mean but that that's literally yeah and like but that's literally what uh language was back that's why i like the movie because you got to remember yeah that's where we came from Mm -hmm. our symbols used to mean like an entire fucking sentence Mm -hmm. latin used to be like Oh, plume enum, and it's just like it means this ridiculously mm-hmm. long sentence in English, yeah. and you're just like back then it used to be like, "Hey, man." Yeah, that's what Chinese is. Yeah, yeah that's, no, what I, that's what traditional Chinese said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like they were like, that's why it's so hard to learn because if you don't those those alien show like if you didn't put that squiggle line in the right. Yeah, place, my geometry teacher she taught me like what traditional Chinese was and mm-hmm. like how Damn. and the reason why certain symbols look the way they do and how like mother the symbol for like mother and daughter is looks like a person carrying a baby mm-hmm. and i'm like oh shit and so every time i see traditional chinese 
and find it and see the the translation next to it, I'm like, oh, okay, it kind of looks like it's telling a story. It's mm-hmm. like hieroglyphics, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that is odd. Like that's like that is crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's a bird. Yeah, this fucked up arm. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, yeah, arrival. Like I I just there's so much that could be said about arrival that is. To me, multi-layered. It's spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's very. Uh, it's a very. I, it's yeah. Scientific, because it's like you got to think when she was breaking down <laughs> the real. You know when I'm like when I look up certain words on Wikipedia and you and I actually sometimes read how they break the word down. You're like, there's some like person somewhere who knows what the hell those things mean. I have no idea what those. When they're trying to show you how a word is pronounced, yeah, I think that's some like universal like people who are linguists. They know how to like what pronounce those it? symbols mean, huh? Pronounce the word. It, you know what I'm? I'm gonna show like you what I mean. Break it down, like noun. And then they have like the weird like, it looks like fun. yeah I know what you're talking about but like that's not like how to pronounce it. I think so. I'm trying to fit. I wish I knew what the fucking word was. Like look up uh, arrival. Yeah. The word arrival definition. Oh yeah, arrival Wikipedia. The fucking movie's gonna come up. I knew it. No, you gotta look up like the definition to a word. It's in every dictionary. Yeah, it's everywhere. Just look up the definition of arrival. Just look up arrival. No, not on Wikipedia, on Google. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know how to look at definition. Right there. Yeah, see how it has that fucked up shit? With the, uh, with the weird ass well, uh, that, yeah e. that's that's for like I'm guessing that's for like how to pronounce the E exactly you know what I mean so we like we have no idea yeah I don't like take it in and try to learn it yeah. but I'm just like okay that means pronounce it a different way yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't say it how you think in your language to say it because we already know how to pronounce it yes. so it's like okay that symbol but means but then eh. there's some person who learns there's some like, like that doctor symbol. there's some doctor somewhere like her like or Amy some linguist Adams character yeah, who understands how to write that out for people? Like, this is how you say this word, mm-hmm. and they write an upside. That would be down so cool, e. Menda. Go to uh, college, <laughs> go to, go to a college, professor. And be Amy Adams. <laughs> be Amy Adams from be Arrival. Be Amy Adams and Tom Hanks from uh, Green Mile. <laughs> I keep wanting to say Angels and Demons. That's the last one. Da I'll Vinci watch. Code. The da Vinci Code. Yes. She just becomes this fucking smart, weird ass person. Yeah, and it's just like, like Menda. We don't want to hang out with you anymore. <laughs> But no, I do love that movie because it is a morphology. Morphology. How the word is morphed. So that's, that's what she cool. was doing. Yes. That's so that's cool. That's exactly what she was doing when she broke down what is your purpose. And she said, this sentence could mean 15 different right. things. <laughs> Oh, can we mention the kangaroo line? Yes, of course we can mention the kangaroo line. So that shit blew my mind. What is the quote? Let me, I'll look up the quote. Arrival kangaroo line. Yes, because when she said that, it wasn't until later. later that they learned that kangaroo means I don't understand. 
when the original the, settlers, what she called them? Yeah, the, the original settlers in Australia. When they met the when they, they Yeah, they spoke a different language, a, a, a native language. Mm-hmm. And so they pointed out, the, the aboriginals pointed out, what is that? And they said kangaroo, which means in their language, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it, the yeah. aboriginals in their language, it means, it means I, I don't, don't understand. understand. And so, so they, they thought... The people on the boat were like, what the fuck is that thing that has a pouch on its stomach? And they said kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> and they was like, all right, bet. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody since then around the world is like know it as kangaroo. A kangaroo. That's... The original word for that is lost to history. For, well, not lost to history. People know the, it, I'm Yeah, sure. the original name, but the like scientific the, name yeah, of the, the kangaroo real name of was lost, or maybe it's found. Who knows? Who knows? But we all know it now primarily as kangaroo, mm-hmm. which is in what's kangaroo in Spanish? Kangaroo. Is it kangaroo? That would, but instead of two O's, it's a U. <laughs> <laughs> is that it? That's it, isn't it? It's kangaroo. Kangura. Oh, Sorry, it's, Marl, it's with don't the kill C. Us, it's with the C. There's, there's no such thing as K's in Spanish. <laughs> don't kill us, Marl. I'm sorry. I know Marl's probably sitting there dying laughing right now. He hates when we try to speak Spanish. <laughs> well, me especially. Or is there like a K-A-N-G-E-R-O-O? Gangeru. No, that's why people spell kangaroo. They're like kangaroo. Oh, when they're stupid? Yeah. Kangaroo. Kangaroo. Yeah, that's true. Kangaroo. Kangaroo. I thought about this the other day. Your is going to turn into you are in like 60 years mm-hmm. it's gonna be you are because everybody keeps putting it's it like in very stuff. possessive <laughs> don't remind me anyway but, uh, <laughs> I mean, text, but not it's like, still just it's gonna turn it i've been typing papers oh so we're all illiterate idiocracy i'll be typing papers and be like you are i'll be like god you're so fucking stupid. which in in thief there's this 1981 like like uh there's <laughs> There's this 1981 uh, movie directed by Michael Mann. It's his debut film called Thief. And uh, there's a specification in that character to where uh, they don't use those conjunctions of your and can't and Mm -hmm. and all those kind Mm -hmm. of words because they're so, like, because they're jewel thieves and they're bank robbers. They're like, we don't want to be misunderstood. So every time they talk in the movie, they're like, I cannot do that for you. Mm-hmm. Just so they're not like misconstrued, right. and I was like, "That's great attention to detail and character writing, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they care about what how they're hurt." Right. So the whole conjunctions not going to be a thing in the future. Right. Definitely not. So that, and that's and that's I think that's <laughs> that's what the that's what this movie goes. I think that's what the biggest part of this movie was to me. I was like, language just has it just evolves. There's just a part. Of human I'm saying? nature. <laughs> like, and that's going to be... That's what made Idiocracy so goddamn funny. Because it's like, is that how people are going to talk in the future? Mm-hmm. There's, a 50, there's a 50% chance that the world could... America could turn into Idiocracy the way they speak. Ultra big ass for us. My name is Marissa. I'm going to get rid of the state. Go ponies. <laughs> <laughs> Go hang you. <laughs> You're going to have to bleep this. But he was like, why don't we go to Mississippi State? <laughs> <laughs>
that shit was hilarious. I love that. But yeah, that's how we're going to end up talking. I'm in Mississippi State and Mississippi State. Go ponies. <laughs> if y'all don't know what Nate's talking about, look up college, of sec- college acceptance TikToks. And it is the funniest shit ever. Kick him ass. This guy out. That's Babe, when they did the Waterboy one, <sighs> Waterboy is my number one favorite movie. But uh, oh my god! So back to Arrival, Nate. You yeah, just so threw that's it how with the <laughs> <laughs> but So that, yeah. So then, even but that brings up the fact that you made that joke also brings up that- like Tom Segura's joke. From the, yeah, the yeah, Creole yeah. people, he's like, "Are you speaking? <laughs> Are you a person that's talking to me right now?" <laughs> and he's like, "Mm-hmm, uh-huh." <laughs> so it's just like, it, but oh, it's, yeah. it, it, he's like, man. "He's like, are you a person that's talking to me right now?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that also brings up like when me and Amanda went to Jack in the Box in Seattle, dude. <laughs> What was that like? That Dude, sounds like an experience. It was just because Amanda thought she was like, "You're so rude." I mean, I am a rude person, honestly. I'm not, if you know me, but I'm mm. actually really rude deep down inside. Yeah, that's all of us, right? That's the three of us. <laughs> but Amanda was like, uh, <laughs> "We went to Jack in the Box." I still don't know what he said exactly. I think mm-hmm. it was just a regular greeting, but he said he had a really heavy Mexican accent. Yeah. Like he, yeah, like he just got yeah. there. No, no, no. I don't speak Spanish. So yeah. so I work with people who are from the... Fi- I work with this guy. Uh, he's uh, from the Philippines. His mm-hmm. name is, oh. I'm not going to say his name. Mm-hmm. But he probably doesn't even fucking care if I say his name, but I'm not going to say no, it. No, but but uh, uh, he's like, it was going on, man. Like, he talks mm-hmm. like that. And then we'll, he'll talk to me for like three minutes straight. And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm just... Uh, and no, that's I just changed the subject. Because I have no idea what he's talking about. I'd be trying so hard to understand people but, with accents. I'd be like... But what's hilarious is someone who doesn't speak English and you're talking to them. They don't smile harder when they don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. We're trying to be polite. <laughs> when, when, like, when, they're, when they speak Spanish, they don't, they're not good at English. And you're talking to them, they're just like... And they have... You can tell you have no idea what I'm saying, do you? Mm-hmm. Like... And that shit is hilarious like to me. But that shit is it. So I was just like, what it? And I said, the dude said, I think he said, welcome to Jack in the Box. How am I going to take your order? Let me tell you people who aren't familiar with uh, Jack in the Box? Spanish speaking people. Oh, okay. J's are very hard for a native speaking. Uh, Sorry, I just burped. So how do of... you think they would say Jack? If you can... Yak? Yes. Okay. So he said, uh, J's and <laughs> it's so weird, such a weird language. J's and also two L's is our Y's in English, <laughs> exactly. Like when so. people like how people pronounce yayo, there's like no Y in that word. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you say coke in Spanish. <laughs> 
It's L L E L L O. Yeah, yo. Never knew that. I've always thought yeah, yo was Y A Y O. Yeah, yo. That's how Dominicans spell it. Yeah, yo. <laughs> but yeah, so I said, excuse me. I said that into the speaker at the little uh, intercom thing. And Amanda just holds my arm and just starts crying, laughing. And I said, what did he just say? She, he said, welcome to Jack in the Box. How am I take your order? She like, didn't ask for anything like super crazy. <laughs> Excuse <it> was... <laughs> me? <laughs> no, the funniest part was when he was like, yeah, can I get those with uh, water? <laughs> and he was like, huh? Huh? <laughs> and then he I just, was um... like, water. He was like, oh. Uh, <laughs> I have to do that all for all of y'all out here. I have to I have to, water. Water. I have to say water because I every time I say water. Yeah, for about three. No, when we rode through the the Wendy's and Clinton. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Yeah, like, huh, <laughs> nigga." <laughs> <laughs> the Wendy's and Clinton got to do better. For, yo. for about three years, me and my brother made fun of Rob for saying water. Yeah, and we still did. do. You sometimes. still do. Every time I say daughter or water, daughter, like, oh yeah, Zoe, huh? that's my daughter. That's like, my daughter. Yeah, daughter, and we always point I it out. I can't even daughter, daughter, daughter. Yeah, that's my daughter. Like, that's, that's water. But Give, this is all of these words, all of this fun we're making. I think we're just pointing that out points to arrival. Yeah, like linguistics is me. Me and Nate were talking about this. How we literally said a person from Phoenix and a person from DC. We don't speak the same language. Yeah, not at all. Like there, I could when I John had me like yeah, yeah, John like he did. John had me like yeah, <laughs> especially niggas from Chase. They had me jaw fucked up the other day. <laughs> I I feel like I'm slowly becoming a DC, like <laughs> very like microscopic, like just like I don't even have, what's the word like just through Rob. Like, when Amanda said Slim for the first time, I was like, excuse me. Cause I say slim a lot. Like Shotty Jaw came smack at me. Like yeah. No, I went Jaw smack. If I were to go to DC and say that, they would be like, be like, yo, Shotty went Jaw smack at me. They would be like, they're gonna first of all look at be surprised because it's gonna be like you sound weird when you say it (laughs) (laughs) because you pronounce every single word. Jaw smack at me like. I sound like Google. I sound like Google Translate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is Jai like when they have more TikTok. <laughs> this shorty Jai got me like fucked up. <laughs> but that is true. So then I told Nate, I was like, but then you go to like the Northwest and they say this was actually something they taught us in the military because it's such a big part of being in the military. It's like, hey man, you can't just go out in the world thinking that everybody speaks English and you're mm-hmm. gonna be all right. Like, you can, I'm sure Josh probably got that briefing before he went over there. It was mm-hmm. like, you're an American and you think that means something and it doesn't. Uh, can I break some news real quick on the pod? Yeah. Josh is coming on the <laughs> And I asked him if he wanted to do an episode together and he was like, fuck yes. So our first guest is going to be my best friend, yeah, Josh. Josh. F- since I was. Currently l- serving in the, the military. A fucking like a psychopath, service, but thank you for your service, Josh. You're out here representing. Yes, thank you, sir. At least one person from every generation should do it. So, yeah, Josh is gonna come. We're gonna talk about everything, mm-hmm. every movie we've ever watched as in our upbringing. That's gonna be like a four hour episode. And I was talking to Menda like about the shit we watched when we were kids, staying up until four in the morning watching movies. 
playing video games. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the whole episode, and it's going to be cool. So that'll be our first guest. Yes. And uh, jo- uh, Rob is going to be like, fuck, hurry the fuck up. No, no I'm going to be super high. I can get high for that episode. I'm not oh, so you don't have to like, yeah, like oh, no, you're good. A lot, so I can just get fucking baked. I'm not going to smoke in front of him, though. I'll do edibles. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so... I just want to say that real quick yeah. since you mentioned. I'm glad that. you. I'm glad you said that. Cause now I'm excited for that episode. Uh, I will find out. It. The yeah. So he's, he's flying there for like. Basically. That's such a. It's gonna be sick, man. He's coming from the, the from country. The... Oh, nice. So I, he was. He was like, "I'm ready." Right. We'll beep. We'll bleep that out. <laughs> oh, a, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. We can't. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. Fucking you! The CIA is coming after me now. Thank you for reminding me, babe. Yeah, because you just told what his job is and when he's coming and what serve. What yeah, yeah. So is. if you hear bleeps, this no, yeah. now we're explaining why. Yeah, and he's probably gonna bleep his name out because. Okay, cool. I mean, no, no because we'll he's gonna. The, yeah, we'll keep his name, but. But that's about that's it. That's it. Yeah. We're not gonna surface tell you where level. He's coming from when I tell you, you can assume where he's going. Yeah, but surface level uh, information. Thank you for that opsec, babe. Boom. But, uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> arrival, great, great fucking movie. Uh, Plato, uh, allegory of the cave. Yeah, because it reminds me how you brought up the like rounded screen looking thing. Uh, how it looked I w- like a movie theater. I want to mention that real quick. The direct inspiration to which why. Uh, this movie is why I love Denis Villeneuve because he fucking shouted out Arizona mm-hmm. alone because of his uh, direct inspiration from James Terrell, the Arizona artist who does installation art, which is a blend between architecture and lights. Looks great. Looks amazing. Amazing. James Terrell is a mesmerizing. Makes, makes beautiful art, and um, the space, the inside of the ship looks like one of his pieces and it's called breathing uh breathing light is mm-hmm. what that is exactly, exactly what it looks like mm-hmm. like it's breathing out and then it's going to go back in is an amazing piece by James Terrell mm-hmm. google it if you're listening google James Terrell breathing light it literally looks like if you took an IMAX screen and then pushed it out that's mm-hmm. exactly it, what it looks beautiful. like beautiful like I, I fucking I love all of his art mm-hmm. and being from Arizona and yeah. seeing that in a sci-fi movie mm-hmm. like uh, from a desert to yes. fucking a alien and it, spaceship. And it's even kind of cool because that inside of that ship does have like a dry. It has rock. it's very like textured. Yeah, it's a kind of like a not deserty, but it kind of has that kind of like you know. Just the texture of yeah. a desert, like yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Like it matches. Like the, if the desert was in a UFO, that's what it would look like. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. That's exactly what, and it, it's very desolate. Almost, it mm-hmm. looks. It doesn't look inviting it looks like, when they walk yeah, in. Yeah, it looks like when they go in that nothing else exists. Yes, and that is amazing. Set it's design. terrifying. You're like, that's what they're like. Is there anybody in there? Like <laughs> it doesn't look like. And then when they go up and they have to jump, like the gravity switches. I was like, that's crazy. That made crazy. my fucking anxiety. I have an extreme fear of heights, people. And actually, not extreme. It's only heights where I won't die. You put me 50,000 feet in the air, I'm straight. Because I'm like, if I hit the ground, I'm dead. 200 <laughs> feet? I'm not dead. I'm just fucked up. Yeah, I'm just fucked up. And I do not want to feel that pain like Tom Segura. Like, I'm not trying to be mm-hmm. fucked up like that. <laughs> That shit fucking <laughs> Y'all didn't they just made this fucking <laughs> Go just for that subscribe to the Patreon so you can right, see what just I so just did. So you can see what he did, but 
I, it, I, that gave me so much anxiety when they looked down and it's like, oh, those mm. aliens decided to say, fuck your oh, gravity. When he, when he slipped? Yeah. And he like... Oh, and when he fell in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, but anyway. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So, but. I did, I did love the visuals of the movie were amazing. Yeah. Except, you know what kind of just throws me for a tad. Jeremy Renner. Sometimes <laughs> it's flashbacks. Sometimes people with like flashes. They, I get it. I get you know it. Keep going. Keep going. Like they, it's like you overdo it, or you're trying to be so obscure about it that you kind of like take away. It from kind the of it's expli- It's almost give feeding it to you in yeah. a way because the tax collector, the Shia LaBeouf movie, um, did that to you with it was. A terrible movie alone, but to explain the story and to really give you insight of what the characters are thinking about, it shows you flashbacks of what they're thinking about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are you? Like, we know, that. like, we let us come up with what they're mm-hmm. thinking about. Like, I want to guess what's going on inside the mind of this character that's about to do something crazy. So now, I will say for this movie, I guess I'm look. I'm saying that as somebody who's seen it before, the first time I had no idea what was going on. You didn't know that they were flashes to the future. Yeah, that, that's yeah. So that was the when they when they explained that part, I was like, okay, the flashes kind of make sense now. Oh, you're so, talking about okay, okay. Because okay. as she was learning the language, how her brain was starting to open those synapses. Yeah, up. when. I guess that does explain the the concept of time in yes. that movie, mm-hmm. but I don't know what they were trying to do with that though. How language and time coincide with each other? I guess I can guess how we were saying like bringing, time evolves, bringing that circle language there, the heptapods language to life mm-hmm. is having that whole paragraph be one symbol and yes. making life one whole thing and not one line and the fact that she she single-handedly because of that and because they sent their ships to every single continent and maybe even like two or three and like some continents yeah they said there were like 12 yeah uh, all together yeah but uh so that shows like that's why i love the shot when she's talking to the general general shang but i told the man i was like they didn't even try with that name (laughs) (laughs) yeah general shang he's from shanghai i was like y'all didn't even fucking try what the fuck? <laughs> like, oh, he's from Shanghai? Uh, fuck it, Shang. General Shang, that's his name. It was like, Jesus. <laughs> you guys were super lazy with that. But when they showed up and she was like, and he said, thank you for knowing about whatever His His you. wife. Yeah. Right? yeah. But they had that shot. If you see the shot behind her, how they have the flags of the nation. Yeah. In the middle it is, is the, the... It's the circle, circle, right? So that was them showing, like, this is now a universal language. Like, all of us learn this language at the same exact time. And, and I was talking about this uh, with Menda of how that part when she is meeting with Shang mm-hmm. and uh, she's saying, like, what did I say to you? Or she was like, I called you on the phone, didn't I? Mm-hmm. When when she said that, that was the moment, the, for my first time watching it. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, it's fucking happening. Mm-hmm. It's all, that's it's when it happening. clicks. Yeah. That's when the whole movie clicks for you is when you're like, holy shit. It's like. It's, it's all happened. Like, there's no linear... I kept thinking about when he said their language, imagine... He was like, the way that they're thinking, imagine knowing the last word of the sentence and the first word of the sentence. At the same time, yeah. With oh, with hands both hands and meeting together. it, yeah. And I said, that is... 
I'm sure there's probably like that's almost inconceivable. There's almost like there's probably like 15 people in the world. I've actually heard of a kid who can do that. He's autistic, but there's a kid who can, which isn't a negative thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because it's like I think of autism as like a superpower. Honestly, I'm For like sure. some of the shit that they do. I'm like that is just like you ever seen Rain Man? Like that's immeasurable to be able to write with both hands and you're just writing a story. Mm-hmm. Like just the idea that some like a lot of countries like uh in Arabic and Mandarin and Japanese yeah. and Korean like Asiatic languages they read from right to left. Like that's like the end of like their, manga, yeah. Yeah, it's like that's the beginning of the book. Yeah, that's crazy. RN. Like like Japanese so magazines. Tr- yeah. Every time I've tried to read, I'm like, I can't get my brain <laughs> to go the other way. Yeah, yeah, my brain is like, what are you doing? Like, why are you reading this mm-hmm. way? So that this movie just, I love movies that make you break down the intricacies of like human interaction. Yeah, and human nature. It, the that's... nature of our distrust for each other. Mm-hmm. She's like. Maybe the aliens are trying to tell you to And that's work what with it speaks other. to with uh Allegory of the Cave of like the the capacity of taking in different things mm-hmm. which is a derivative of that. Yes. And so do you want to take so, this in? So saying then the uh the ignorance of humanity mm-hmm. is like oh no weapon fucking shoot them. Cuz speaking of the ignorance of humanity every time I watch these movies there's always like a character or two who are like the epitome of human fear. And mm. those were those two dudes who tried to fucking blow them up. Yeah, the, with the tanks or some shit, right? No, with the, the C4. They yeah, lifted yeah, yeah. it up in there and they were like, yeah. we just want to blow them up. I'm like, you, you think that the- fuck... You, okay, first of all, you think that your clay that explodes is going to blow these this- people up that can disappear into the atmosphere. And they're floating. They, they don't... Like no- no ions. There's no. They're communicating no trace with each of other, them, yeah. and you can't even see that. They're. You think that this is going to some clay C four? But it actually, I think it did fuck up. Uh, Abbott, and that's why I yeah, love that's, that's yeah. That's my favorite line from the movie. The Abbott when, and Costello. Yeah, Abbott. Uh, them and naming them? when they bring her up oh. to the ship inside of their little atmosphere type thing. Yeah, and they're like, she's like, "Where's Abbott?" And he says, "Abbott." is death process. And it's like, I like that they put that in subtitles like that. because Yeah, when that she's sh- like in it. Yeah. That shows how they think. They don't say Abbott is dying. It's like there's no such, there's probably no word for that. It's like Jamaican, yeah. Yes, exactly. It's like just sometimes it's just, or like the girl from North Korea I was telling you about, how there's no There's I. no such thing as I, yeah. There's no I in, in North Korean. That's what they say, that their language differs a tad yeah. bit. And like simply in, because of how he runs his regime. Uh, yeah, and like in Jamaica, there's, they say instead of, uh, they say livets instead of diets. Because they don't even mention the word die mm-hmm. in their language. Just so. Because of so if I'm going on a diet in Jamaica, you're going on a live it. And there's no word for impossible in uh, Jamaica. They don't say the word impossible. That makes that, And it's, when you hear stuff like that, when there's like, why don't your culture have that word? And it's just like, because not, usually it's some kind of like superstition. It's mm-hmm. like, we don't want to bring that, that energy yeah. us. So they just completely like... Wipe just it out like of doesn't exist, yeah. You just wipe it out of the language. You're like, yeah, we don't say that. And there's been like, there's been cultures where they would like, they beat the language out of people. Like, no, you now speak Greek. Yeah, that's it. Dude, you know, I want to hear. I mean, that's what white people did to Native Americans. So, or how I told you about uh, <laughs> British people and how to, how they like marry Christmas right. for lower people, lower class people. 
So to separate themselves, the higher nobles said happy Christmas because mm-hmm. Mary was a word that lower class people use. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, such arbitrary <laughs> things we do in human... They were just like, we're going to take your joy. That's crazy. With your words, we're going to take your joy. That's what it is. Like literally systematically taking away emotion. Yeah. That's creating the word nigga. To legitimate, everybody's like, oh, it meant this, it meant ignorant person. It like, used to no, mean, no. No. They <laughs> created the word that literally meant black people and it meant derogatory. And it, yeah. was, it was for derogatory For use. sure. That's it. <laughs> that's all. There's just some words. Pinche mayete. If I like, if I said that to somebody, somebody don't know what that means, but somebody else knows. But it's just like that's what that word is meant to do. Mm-hmm. Language. I think that's the movie. Like it starts making your brain. I think I like movies like that. Yeah, there's certain uh, like sayings in Spanish that people say. Like when people say "excuse me" in in Spanish, and if you were to translate, that exists in that language. If you were to translate that, they never say it. If you were to translate that into English, it sounds rude. But when you say it in, in Spanish and the other person speaks Spanish, it's what like, does it say in English? Like move out the way. Yeah, like in a rude way, like type that, like like that. Right. But uh, in in Spanish, it's like, mm-hmm. and that's why they're rude. Like, I don't want to say that. And I always I like, and I know that. that and now living here, I'm like, you're a, you're like closer to a Latin derivative than English is. We're a Germanic language, and you guys are a Latin based language. You're a Romance language, mm-hmm. so your language is very. A lot of Romance languages are very direct. It's very like there is no what this means is what this means. Yeah. You can't take there's, it for any. Yeah, other. there's definitely words uh, and um. In Spanish, that you can't. There's, they were like, I speak tomorrow. He's like, yeah, there's really like hard to translate some stuff because there's, it doesn't like really, what you wouldn't understand the context of what I'm trying to get across. Like to way, you. yeah, you, like, like you can't translate way. It's just you got to know. Like you've got to know. Like dude, Yahweh, like shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> you Yahweh, I was like, oh snap, but uh, or uh, fuck, there's another word. I'll think of it. Hold on. Mark this. <laughs> no, don't mark it. I want them to hear you thinking. Hold on. There's a <laughs> word in Spanish that's very, like, I almost got in trouble by this older Mexican dude when I was working at Chipotle. What, Saca La Vasita? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's another word right there. You got to know what that is. Yeah, 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 you, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to know what that is. You know what I'm saying? That's a word right there that means an entire... You taught me that. That one word means an entire phrase. Saca la bolsita. And it's just like, yeah, don't yell that out yeah, on the west you gotta, side, buddy. Yeah. People be like, hey, what's good? What's up? <laughs> Where? Like, kind of thing. So, so that's why I love... I love... I've always been a fan of traveling for that reason. For, for me... Like all three of us, me, Menda, and my brother, we know Spanish, but the shit we need to know, mm-hmm. like dos raspados azul, right. that's the way to go when you right. visit the corn man. Like mm-hmm. that's the only thing to do, and like that's all I need to know. And like I was telling Menda when I worked at Chipotle, I only knew how to say white or brown rice, black or pinto bean, you know, all the meats, <laughs> fucking they all the don't salsa. Fucking, don't fucking. She used to laugh when I first started going to Chipotle. I had no idea. 
Cause the fr- let me tell you, uh, I'm gonna just be. Did you try to order in Spanish? No, cause oh. the Chipotle's when they first started popping up in Maryland, guess who they hired first? All Mexican the Latin people, people of okay. course, because they can fucking cook. Cause their they ass rolled off. the shit out that fucking burrito. <laughs> all right, but she, they were speaking so fast when she was saying blacker pinto beans for about two years. I had no idea what she was saying. I thought she was saying. Do you want black gabenzo beans? And I was like, I don't know what a gabenzo bean is, so I don't want that. I kept saying no. I always said no. For two years, I said no. No beans. They was and somebody finally asked me one day. It was like, why don't you ever get like black or pinto beans? And I said, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) They said, yeah, that's what they're asking you, black or pinto. I was like. That's what the fuck they're saying? I thought they were saying black gabenzo beans, but she was saying black gabenzo beans. And I was just like, <laughs> what? What are you fucking saying? I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, like uh, uh, pinto or negro. Yeah. that That's what I would have to say like all the time. Uh, fucking <laughs> blanco or cafe. I made, let me say this on the podcast. Oh my let God, me say here this we on go. The- here we go. Let no, me, honestly, this is a cool story. Let you me gotta say tell this. this story. So it was like October, early October 2018. For every Phoenician, this is your dream. Astro World came out like two months ago. <laughs> every and, Phoenician's dream right here. So, and I was working nights. It was probably like 7 p.m., 8 p.m. You know, Arizona sun goes down at like 7 p.m. And uh, we, I was just sitting there, was chilling. <laughs> And uh, I'm just working at Chipotle, enjoying my life, right? So I'm working that shit, that 6 to 10.30 shift. Anybody that works at Chipotle knows what I'm talking about. That 6 to 10.30, that closing line shift. And, uh, and it's kind of relatively busy. It's not too busy to where it's like, oh, fuck, it's busy. It's like, oh, there's some people in here. We kind of got to work. But out of nowhere, I look up, and then I got to look up again. And there's this tall fucking dude with dreads and i'm like holy shit like it i didn't even react i was like holy shit fucking larry fitzgerald like i didn't (laughs) that was my mind (laughs) and so and i was just like uh do you want a bowl or burrito and i was (laughs) you did your job that's what you mean you're mad you did your job you want to say something else and i was like oh fuck i can't go back like i gotta be professional about this like i can't freak out out of nowhere so and he was like, uh, actually, I'll have a quesadilla. Because he talks so proper. He's like the best fucking English speaker in the world. You made, did, he didn't say it mean like that, did no, he? he was, no, he was like, um, no, I'll have a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, no, I should have a quesadilla. Did he say it like yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. No, but he's very like, punctu- like, per- like very. No, actually, pr- I'll have a quesadilla. And he's like. That sounds mean. Not as strong as that. No. But he's just, I'm trying to emphasize how much he pronounces every word. He's an NFL player. Everything he says is. It was very sharp on everything he says. But he's like, I'll have a quesadilla. And uh, ordered it plain, which, by the way, at Chipotle tastes terrible. But he was like, I'll have a quesadilla. And then I was trying to talk to him. Because making a quesadilla is just a tortilla with cheese on it. That's it. You don't talk to him that much to make it a quesadilla. Every breath is... I'm just like, please say something to me soon. Like, but, hey, man, you like football? You want him to say that to you? <laughs> and so I made it, and I tried to talk to him so much, but there's only so much you can say right. make it a quesadilla because it's kind of quick and to the point. So I hey, made man, it. how many yards you run for last <laughs> year? <right? laughs> and so uh, 
he uh fucking ordered it and i was just like do you want any salsas and he's like no on his phone and i'm like uh do would you like any chips or anything to drink and he's like oh no i'm good and then I was just like, uh, was this for here to go? And he's just trying to come up with all these different questions. Like, my customer service was on point. As it should be. But it's Larry Fitzgerald. You got to be like, hey, do you want me to, like, carry you out of the door? Do you want, or can you just glide on your own? That's discipline, though. He came in and said plane because that's the way you play for 16 seasons. <laughs> yeah, same plaza. He doesn't want that. He needs... <laughs> Healthy food. He's a healthier year wide receiver. Okay, he's a goat. What was he wearing? He was wearing a black dry fit long sleeve, Damn. and Rich uh, people shit. and I looked behind me. I looked behind me, and uh, my coworkers were like, "Oh fuck, this fucking Larry Fitzgerald, like they're fucking doing that." And I'm the one fucking talking to him. He went to Chipotle on 32nd Street and in school. school. Yeah. What the fuck was Larry Fitzgerald doing over there? <sighs> Hey, bro, what are you doing here? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, this is all right. Like, you, you know, did. Uber Eats exists, yeah. right? <laughs> like, this is an all right area, but, you know, this is way, this is a little underneath you, you know? And so I was just, like, fucking freaking out. And uh, it was it was cool. I made him quesadilla. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> because you just wanted to talk about Larry Fitzgerald and the time you saw him. Oh, because we were talking about Chipotle, and I was talking about... Oh, speaking Spanish. Too. Yes, okay. yes, absolutely. Oh. <sighs> So yeah, I made him a quesadilla. Uh, rival. <laughs> you made. I mean, that was a ten minute story about how no, Nate made yeah. Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, it had to be. There's no other way. Because you're gonna tell that to your grandchildren for sure. <laughs> I made a quesadilla for him. I made him time. a quesadilla. He played the next Sunday. <laughs> I gave him nutrition for that game. <laughs> what if he got food poisoning and he couldn't play? Oh shit! If they're like, oh yeah, he's out, he's sick. I'm gonna be like, like, oh fuck. (laughs) (laughs) They E. coli. Damn, you would have killed them. All right, next. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, yeah, substitute characters. Uh, Who would I want? I feel like anybody could replace you. Every any. And D-list actor could have replaced Jeremy <laughs> Renner. But you definitely can't have an A-list because no. we have Amy Adams. Yes. Because she killed... No one's she replacing Amy strong. Adams. Yes. Uh, Forrest Whitaker stays Forrest Whitaker. Yes. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix lookalike, he stays him. Or it could be Joaquin Phoenix, maybe. Mm. Yeah. I feel like because he's too I, serious, Every though. time I looked at him, I thought he was Joaquin Phoenix. I was like, yeah, this guy... He could have been like an Joaquin. asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A CIA dick. Because all people in the CIA are dicks. Really. <laughs> But uh, I think everybody's trying to kill us, which they are. But uh, can I see the cast list? There wasn't actually a very large cast. No, it was very uh, a small ensemble. Yeah, is there someone who played uh Amy Adams' mom in the movie? Was she in the movie? Or I don't I... think so. I don't think Amy Adams' mom was in the movie. Uh. I'm trying to think of other females, older females. Dr. J. Bidwell. Who the fuck did For she Sigourney play? Weaver. For Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver. Who could she been... replace? Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Fuck it. <laughs> that would have been a better movie. Not hot enough. I mean, she's hot, but Amy Adams was like. That was definitely an aged up. Like, if it was Sigourney Weaver, it would have been she an aged like up story. Scientist. Yeah, exactly. She would have been something. Someone. She would have been someone cool. That she sent them to. And she said, ask them what the word for war is in Sanskrit. 
And that would have been Sigourney Weaver who got it wrong. No, she would have been Forrest Whitaker. Oh, yeah. that would be sick. Yeah. That would, a female. That's general, very progressive. A female. Very general. progressive. Actually, we actually met the first. Oh, I was about I'm to say, we sure actually met Forrest Whitaker. Was she the first female three star? Major General Hertog? Shout out Mary, uh, shout out General, shout out General Mary Hertog. Is that her name? No. Major General Hertog. 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 Yeah, Major General. I thought her name was Mary. Major General Hertog. Shout out. Whoever the fuck that is. Yeah, Major General Hertog. She's a, she. Sigourney Weaver as Forrest Whitaker would have been great because it's same relative age in a movie. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And she would have been very stern, too. Like Forrest Whitaker's character. That's great. So, yes, the movie would be better with Sigourney Weaver. Casting what ifs, uh, Jeremy Renner could have been literally anybody, anybody else. Literally, I I'm mean, not, I just don't like Jeremy Renner, but I'm not, he didn't do a bad job in this movie. No, I just not, I don't dislike him. I just didn't like him in this movie. I I'm just like, feel like I don't see you as smart. I don't see him as an actor yeah. at all. I just see it, I don't see him You're as a. Like I just like you belong in a Marvel movie, yeah. like for sure. Like Some you, people belong in Marvel movies. I think he's not a good and actor. I think that's what it is. Be, be Hawkeye. Be just be go who, all out with Hawkeye. You're the reason why the Avengers are together. That's what they said. It's because of you, Jeremy Renner. You're the reason why the Avengers still exist because you're the glue that holds them together. Because you're human, and they need to remember that for sure. That's what they said in uh, Civil War. She's like, they need you more than you know because you're regular. <laughs> And that was basically what she said, you know. Uh, who won the movie? Amy Abbott Adams. Casella. Amy Adams. They have to pause one because they said, you know what they did? They put their pride aside. They said, they said, hey, you, we need help. We want to come teach you, dumb, dumb, dumb little monkeys, how to fucking. Learn our language. Because we know you have technology and all that, but you guys are dumb. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to need your help later on. I still don't... I wish they made a second movie about what the fuck you need our help for. If you can come to this planet. Like, where did you come from? You had to go light speed, at least, because we don't know that you exist. (laughs) You disappear into the clouds. You don't have a trace. You, You stand... You're 90 feet tall, and you stand on fucking eight things... That are like the Seven. size of a human body. Seven things. Yeah, whatever hep there is. I'm not good at math, man. That movie made me realize I need to be good at math too. <laughs> eight. All right. Octo is eight. If you know. Anyways, what's up? <laughs> Penta, septa, hepta, octo, octa, or octa, deca. Wait, what's a deca? Is that a deca hendron? Do, That's do, nine? Dodeca is 12. Dodeca. That's 12. That's my favorite word, dodeca hendron. Dodeca hedron. <laughs> yep. All right. Yesterday, I was she was like, well, how many tables, how many chairs are at your table? She was like, I don't know, but the poor people sit there. She was like, I don't know my gone. Dodeca. <laughs> I don't know my guns. funny, yo. I don't know my guns. That's hilarious. Dodeca. Dodeca, honestly, because Deca is 10. Yeah. Do, all right. Dodeca. Because Do is 2. D-O-S. That makes so much fucking sense. Dodeca. Dodecahedron. That's fucking... I just... That just hit me right now. Sorry if I'm dumb, guys. But... 
You know what I mean. I need to get good at math. I don't care. All right. Next, uh, what what are we gonna talk about next? <laughs> Let's. Um. My favorite scene: the kangaroo line. Yeah. That's my favorite line. That's my favorite quote. Was definitely uh the kangaroo uh, the kangaroo line, and also my favorite. I guess my favorite scene is when you find out about the 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 connection between the Chinese leader and uh and Amy Adams' character Luis. Uh, who won the movie was definitely to me Amy Adams. I choose Amy. Amy I choose Amy Adams. Yeah, she carried that shit from like and also performed super fucking well. So, yeah, um, Denis did a wonderful job directing this movie, and for me, it wasn't until this last time I watched it where I get it of why he made Blade Runner. Because not only is it a fucking iconic movie, the first one, that the reason I see the reason why he wanted to make Blade Runner twenty forty nine. You can see it through this movie, so I get why the movie was made in the first place. Like I always knew what the movies were about, but like the connection between Denis himself as a creative, of being like, oh, he went from this to this. Like seeing that those connections creatively, it's very cool. Denis. Film, no, which, which oh, the last. I was just talking. No, I'm just talking about Denis. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was sitting here like, what the fuck? What happened? Yeah, we're just talking about Denis. But um, his other movies, fucking, he's made. Uh, he's. I guess we could talk about Dune coming out uh, in two months. October 22nd is coming. And I'm fucking excited about that movie coming out. And also, are you all right, Rob? You've kind of are you high? I think I, something just happened. I spaced out for a second. I'm hot. That's really, really is. Oh, it's hot. In I'm here. trying to like not think about it because I have to make it go away. Yeah, and I'll take my shirt off. And I don't. Want <laughs> you only. I really don't want to take my. Shirt you only off. take the shirt off when we're done recording. Yeah, <laughs> I was t- see. That's what I was saying because I don't. Yeah, whatever. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking about. I was like, man. We're kind of done here. It's been like, an hour and a half. Steam? That's what I was staring at. I was staring at the hour and a half. But, uh, I'm uh, getting lost in producer land. But Angelo, for sure, I got you on Enemy. Rob, if you want to watch it so we can maybe talk. What touch the hell is Enemy about? That's what I think I meant to ask. What is Enemy about? It's about. Is it a sci-fi movie? No. You can't escape yourself. It's basically about, and I have the. I'll give you the book. It's loosely based on. I'm not gonna read it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> not, not, not to be rude, I just don't. I don't have the time. I'm not gonna read it. All right. I have like now. two books. I'm still reading right now. Yeah. So that's why I didn't. That's want, not a. I didn't want to do. I want to watch it now. <laughs> I didn't. That wasn't a good description at all. I didn't want to do enemy because we just did us, and is it a lot like that? No, it, fucking nothing like it. So yeah, why would you not want to do them? Because well, because it's the same concept. Like it, he runs into someone who looks just like him. Us. Oh, okay. Us is more. Yeah, that makes sense. Us they are is, similar. There is a. They're they're similar. Yeah. And so, but uh, enemy. Is really it's my favorite Denis. I was about to. That's what I was gonna say on the pod. I was like, this is my second favorite. Does he have any movies that have more than one word? 
in the title? Blade Runner 2049. Okay. Next floor. And, uh... No, pretty much all of them are one word, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything you keep saying. Dune. He has a... Uh, August 32nd. He has a... Uh, what was that movie we looked at that comes out that nobody will ever see? 2171 or something like that? that oh, uh, uh... 2115. 2115, yeah. 2115. What is that? Uh, Robert Rodriguez and John Malkovich. Yeah, and it, no, the movie nobody's ever going to see. Sad. Makes me want to cry. But... We're going to see it. But Enemy... Is my favorite, and then he came out with Prisoners in the same year, which is with uh, Jake, also Jake Gyllenhaal and Hugh Jackman. It's probably it's a really it's one of his more famous movies, uh, Prisoners, and he also came out with Polytechnic and uh, Incendies. Those are his real movies. Every other one is like a short film or, mm-hmm. but um, Sicario, of course, that's one of his most. I feel like his most famous movie is probably Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Over Sicario? As far as, like, pop culture? I don't know, man. Sicario is one of those, I like, feel like that's kind of deep cut-ish. Mm-mm. I'm talking about, like, not white, deep people, cut, white but like, people love that movie, black people love that movie, and Mexican people love that movie. So Blade Runner 2049 is not... Is that fam- a famous movie? No, not at all. I don't even think it got, like, good reviews like that. For real? Yeah, I don't think... I it, I'm a, we can look it up real quick. I don't think it got good reviews like that. Like or, that. or 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 sort it, Menda. Yeah, Arrival is his most popular movie? Yeah, just Google Denis Villeneuve movies. Blade Runner 2049 is the first one that pops up. Second one that pops up. And then Sicario, then Prisoners and Enemy, then Incendies and Polytechnic. Why the fuck did that say? Is it really a four, five-hour movie? Uh, maybe the extended version. This shit says four Does that hours? say Hulu? Yeah. There's a four-hour version on Hulu? It says premium subscription, yeah. Four hours oh. and 41 minutes. I just fucking busted a nut, that dude. That is crazy. Four, well, I mean, I did watch Justice League, so I could probably watch that, too. Oh, my God. How did I not? Is it really four hours? Or is it like, it or is it like additional shit, like special features? Like, what? how is it four hours? Is there an extended? Look up Blade Runner extended or director's cut or some shit. Editor on cutting four-hour Blade Runner. So there is, there's a director's cut out of Blade Runner 2049. Yes, it is. Holy shit. This changes everything, dude. I'm going to watch the four-hour version for the next... I don't know why. He got amazing reviews. 88%, 8 out of 10. For the next... Yeah, because it's a fucking great movie. I I think when it first, first came out, they were like, people have a thing with Ryan Gosling. I don't think people like him a lot. I don't know why. I know why, but I don't know why that's a bad thing. Why do you think they dislike him? Because he doesn't talk a lot in his movies. Yeah, he's I was a, just about to say he's not a. I think people haven't seen like I'm not saying he doesn't have. You range, never seen La La Land? I haven't seen. La Fuck La out of here, dog! La La Land's a fucking amazing. All right, there we go. All right, time to end the episode, guys. Peace out. All right, I love you guys. Peace out. Go Blade Runner 2049 next week. Peace. All right, we're still recording. We're still here. All right, peace. Thank you.